This is the Momentum Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Jeremy Bergeron, business strategist with Alex Sharfin's amazing team. In this episode, Alex continues a conversation with some of our members about the communication structure that we teach. It's called the Sharfin Cadence. In this episode, you'll hear them talk about how they're able to leverage the most precious resource we all have, time. You know, there's a reason why so few entrepreneurial CEOs are successful. It's because they don't understand how to leverage time. So listen to some of our members talk about how they've been able to do that using our framework. I think you're going to love this one. I'm Alex Sharfin, and this is the Momentum Podcast, made for empire builders, game changers, trailblazers, shot takers, record breakers, world makers, and creators of all kinds. Those among us who can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. We challenge complacency, destroy apathy, and we are obsessed with creating momentum so we can roll over bureaucracy and make our greatest contribution. Sure, we pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them, break them, then rewrite them around our own will. We don't accept our destiny. We define it. We don't understand defeat because you only lose if you stop, and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future, and instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So the second part, second thing I want to talk about. So what we show entrepreneurs how to do is create a strategic plan. We've talked about that. We call that plan a waterfall. Now, one of the biggest issues with having a strategic plan, because there's so many companies that teach, make your plan. The challenge is if you only have a plan, it's an inert object. It doesn't matter. It's not going to go fix everything on its own. The second part is setting up a structure through which you communicate. And the reason I wanted to have you guys on to communicate this to everybody is because here's what I always tell entrepreneurs. If you don't have a structure within which you communicate, nobody knows what's going on. And I think immediately what everybody thinks themselves is, that's not right. They know. I tell them. It's okay. Like, I, you know, and they try to start self-soothing. And I can watch it when I say it in groups. The people who get squirmiest, I know, are the ones who are communicating the poorest. So when it comes to communicating with your team, what has that cadence structure of meetings and targeted interactions done for you? And just so that we can stay in out of like an out of order, Amanda, I'm going to come right back to you to answer first. Okay. Um, well, I kind of alluded to it a little bit and, and, you know, Alex yeah. and I talked many times about me dragging my feet about doing the one-on-ones because to me, I started doing them find me and then they were just painful because it was, it was me kind of having them all report to me on their projects instead of turning it into more of a dialogue of, and at summit, you know, we talked about that, of the turn it more into a, wait, how can I help you accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish? And still some of the times they are quick meetings and they got what they need. And then yesterday, every one of my weekly interactions was an hour long because we were dealing with some stuff. But it was mostly, I feel like I'm a coach now to them. Like, and, and instead of a boss that they have to come and report to. So that's changed my interactions with everybody hugely. <laughs> 
Well, I think what you just said is so important, Amanda, because what I heard is you've stepped out of trying to be a manager, which we all are very challenged by, and you've stepped into a firm leadership position because whenever somebody says, I'm coaching, what you should hear is, I'm leading. Right. So th what has that switch from management to leadership been like for you? Um, I think it's helped, well, not only me be a better person, but I also see growth within my team, you know, where they are, like I said, coming up with ideas and, you know, just because it was my idea and how to implement it doesn't mean it's the best idea. And yeah. they're, they all kind of, and I kind of had that perception for a while too, but once I opened the doors to allow them to kind of talk to me and ask me, well, can we do it this way? And this is why I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. You should have come up with the idea to begin with, you know? So the growth of them as people and as employees is amazing and, and is a, is, is it makes me as happy as the revenue growth does. Yeah. That's so awesome. Congratulations, Amanda. It's such a, such a massive change from where you were. And, um, you know, we, we have, we, we can give you the content, but like, unless you implement and are willing to be open to change, then it doesn't matter. And like the, the amount of shit, every time I see you, I feel like you've changed a year, but I've only seen you like a few months ago. So I just want to acknowledge that like, that's a massive amount of, of like mental shifts you've gone through. Wallace, in, in a large established company, you know, you already have meetings and stuff set up and everything. So when I told you like, hey, Wallace, the solution to this is to set up really focused meetings, you looked at me like, you don't understand, man, meetings in my company are terrible. So what has what is set up setting up a communication structure done in a situation like that where you have an established business and a lot of people? So I, I hated meetings previously because just everything we talked about, they were, they were so unproductive. They were so unstructured. Everybody felt like it was a waste of time. Um, and so, you know, really not only me, when I heard about all the meetings in the cadence, but those people on my team where I started talking about going, Hey, we're going to meet every day with this huddle. Um, <laughs> really nervous about it. Um, it just looked like so many meetings. Right. But the incredible thing that happened is that adding that focus where there was actually like a clear choreography and predetermined outcomes to what we we're trying to do, it changed meetings to something that we really looked forward to, that we got a ton of value out of. And I, the, the biggest surprise for me was how, um, how efficient we were able to be very, very quickly with those meetings. Within you know a week or two, our meetings were running faster than you had led us to believe you know he kind of gave us predetermined um, ideas of it should take about this much time and i was like oh that's not that much time a year and we do it way faster than the numbers that you put out but we get a real usable outcome from every single meeting and one of the big benefits for me personally is that uh i feel better in touch with most of my team but since there are these defined times where you get to ask for whatever you need, you know, in, in a huddle, if there's a critical issue, you've got your weekly report uh, to communicate with me. We've got weekly one-on-ones to communicate with uh, whoever your direct supervisor is. Um, it has almost entirely eliminated all of the goddess sec moments where people yeah. would poke up and, hey, quick question for you. I need this. Can you do this? Can you do that? Pretty much all of that is gone. And I had no idea how much time I was spending putting out those little fires all day. It, it completely changed my ability to move into a, a strategic forward-looking role within my company rather than like chief firefighter. 
Oh, so awesome, Wallace. So awesome. Um, in that in that transition from like the firefighter to the strategic role, have you you know one of the things that that I think we don't realize as entrepreneurs is the physical toll that being in an uncomfortable environment takes gives takes on us. And it's not until that discomfort's removed that you go, whoa, something was really bad wrong here. Did you feel that transition? Oh, 100%. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I'm unique in this as an entrepreneur, but mm-hmm. I, I hate that stuff. It, 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 as you said, makes me literally physically uncomfortable. So I would try to, like, avoid people. You know, I'd know somebody needed to see me, and I'd be, like, <laughs> going around the corner because I didn't want to feel that. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's like being able to breathe again, um, getting rid of all of that bogging down, like lacking momentum, crappy energy of all the goddess act firefighting. That's awesome. I want to hear from Andrea and Justin as well. So, Andrea, let's go to you next. So it's interesting because you are in a, in a practice of one person. Like this is a, a unique situation. I know there's a lot of people who are going to hear this that are in that place where maybe they have a VA, maybe they have an assistant, but they're the major, major driving force in the business. And you brought in a person to help you organize these meetings. And then you became a passenger. You let that person run the meetings, but you participated. What did having that structure, having that schedule, having the minimum effective dose amount of interactions do for you in this transition? Um, I think I'm going to mirror a lot of what Wallace said, where I was so worried about having this person onboarded incorrectly, or I didn't know what I was going to have her do, or I didn't want her to feel like I was managing her. It, it, it almost forced me to take a step back and allow her to completely control the situation. So, so long as I would put in my input here or there, I would basically let her drive all the decisions and I would kind of just say, yes, I love this. Let's try it. Or, you know what, I'm going to challenge you on that. I really don't feel comfortable. Let's do this. But for the majority of what I had to learn was let her set things up the way it makes sense for her, because that's why I hired her is to create all of the project and manage me, which is with the person that I've been wanting to attract. Um, but what I can say to that as well, not only having her on managing. So when I brought in my new associate, I also had Laura meet Megan and they, she started to manage Megan and onboard Megan where I didn't have to and tell Megan, like, this is how things are done. This is the motivation behind our company. These are the numbers that we're trying to achieve. And within that first week, Megan was like, Oh, I can't wait for us to get to 40 patients. And how are we going to make that count? And, and so now on our daily huddles, I can really hear how much not only is Laura proud of what she's created by running these meetings and managing everything, I'm also hearing how excited Megan is as that associate to be a part of our business, which proved to me that the model works because I only had an N of one. I was like, great, I'm, I managed one person and she's cool, but bringing on that second person and how quickly she felt comfortable and rewarded and acknowledged um, and also had autonomy, which is a huge thing that everybody is looking for. Um, that was when I was finally like, wow, like this, this is working. Oh, that is so awesome, especially with a new person when they come in. And, it, you know, I, here's what I, I often share with people is if you have a structure where you have clear outcomes, people understand their roles 
and you have scoreboards that tell them whether they're winning or losing, that they will always engage and get excited about it. You saw that with a new practitioner coming in. Yeah, and I was so nervous. I was like, for the whole month, I was stressing out about what was that going to look like and that transition going to look like. On that very first day when Megan came in, I said, I'm going to have you and Laura have a meeting. And as soon as she ended that meeting, and I heard how Laura took over that meeting and the way she was describing our business and the enthusiasm that she had, I was like, wow, like Laura has completely taken control of her role. She's owning it. I didn't have to do any of that. Like literally the onboarding process wasn't even on me. All Megan has to do is show up to the meetings. Laura runs them. I'm there to hand out the awesome sauce and keep like the motivation up. And that's about it, you know? <laughs> it's so awesome, Andrea. I love this. I remember when you came in, like um, having, I can't remember where the conversation was, social media or in person or where it was, but I remember distinctly you saying like, do you really think this is going to work? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Even for me, like, you know, I'm different than it was a very similar to the conversation I had with Amanda. And honestly, similar to the conversation I had with Wallace. Wallace was like, established company. Do you really think it's going to work? And what we always share with people is these are universal principles. So it doesn't matter if it's an entry level, you know, college intern or an experienced physician. When you put the right systems in place, you're going to get the right stuff out of those individuals. So I love your perspective. Well, your answer to me, your answer to me was if you implement it, it will work. So when I finally, because it still took me, I think a week or two before I actually signed up and I wanted to like vomit every single day after signing up because <laughs> you know, I haven't shared revenues at all because I'm still like a business of one. And this has been a huge transformative year. Um, so it's not like we've had massive growth in that way, but we've had a massive restructuring that now the growth can build upon. Yeah. And I was just like, and I'm in Canada too, guys. So it's like a million dollars a month for me to be in this program. And so I was just like, how is this going to work? Um, and I just trusted the process. And because you said, if you implement it, it'll work. I said, I have to make this work then. And I just made sure on day one, I think I'm one of the fastest people to get through to the strategy call. Like I literally from start to two weeks later, did the strategy call. and I'm pretty had sure everything you are done. the fastest. So it's like, just so I, you, I will I will take that yeah there's a record like we we watch that stuff and I'm pretty sure you are still the record holder and we were all blown away when you did it because we're like the minimum anyone could do it in is this and no one's ever going to do that and I think you either did it by that or one day more so yeah. you you broke our like long-standing no one will ever try <laughs> they haven't met me yet right exactly <laughs> Um, so Justin, I'm going to come to you on the, the same, same question. You know, this is funny. I remember distinctively having a conversation with you and uh, I think Brian was in the room and yep. I was telling you guys about like, guys, you have to schedule these meetings. You have to do them. you like when they should be. And you were like, Alex, Brian sits right here. We talk all the time. Why do we need to have these meetings? This doesn't make sense. And, and we, we had a conversation at the end. You were like, okay, I'll try it. Do you remember that conversation of like, how can this possibly change things? Yeah, I do. And actually, because we started doing those meetings, he no longer works next to me. He just goes to his own house now. So right. He doesn't have to be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess to your point, before I guess we started the cadence, I didn't even have a calendar to put <laughs> meetings on. I'm not kidding. I did not keep a calendar. Um, I didn't use one until we started the cadence. So like it was very, it's a lot of, it was a lot of changes um, for us. But I think as a result, like we just started moving faster um, because we had that feedback loop, right? Like every day we're meeting, it's the critical issues or what's the problem. 
okay, do this, do this, do this, and now they're ready to go, as opposed to everything was just, you got a minute, or hey, I'm having an issue with this. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop what I'm doing and help out Brian or Katie or whoever, or vice versa. I am get stuck and I have to wait on them to finish something before I can keep going. Yeah. Um, so I think that was definitely probably the biggest thing is we could just go faster. Uh, there was one thing that surprised me though, and this is kind of, this kind of came about over the past couple months. Um, like since doing the meetings and having, you know, the constant feedback from them and them to me, um, I, I found out like when I'm not present for those meetings, like not, um, I'm physically absent, but like when I'm not there mentally, uh, that was a sign and you, you guys helped me figure it out, but like I'm overwhelmed and I have too much going on. Um, and so that was kind of something I didn't expect to happen out of those normal communication, um, you know, calendar events. So I thought that was really neat. Obviously, you know about all that and that's something I'm going through right now. Yeah, I want to dig in for a second just pause for a second, Justin, because what you just said is very profound and I don't want everybody to miss it because okay. here's what I just heard was once there was a normality and a process to the meetings, I now could understand when I wasn't checked in, it, it was me. Like I was overwhelmed because the meeting process was normal, because the meeting process was standardized. If I couldn't pay attention, that, that became a gauge, became a gauge for me. Like that is really profound because for most entrepreneurs, where do you realize that you're overwhelmed prior to that? How would you have realized you were overwhelmed? I don't think I would have, right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I, really That's don't, the key. Like, I just would have been angry and like, why right. Stuff not getting done and and right poor Channing yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, so, like, yeah, no. I, have, I have nothing to gauge it from like I never worked in corporate America I never this is my first business so like I have nothing to you know compare it to like how is it supposed to go I have no idea so like just having that in place really just it puts me on the right path so, yeah for sure for sure, such it's it's such a such a game changer when you can start to understand where you are based on how you're reacting to the systems in your business. That's it's massive. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy Bergeron. Thank you so much for listening again this week. On behalf of the entire Sharpen Squad, we send you a ton of love. If you want to know how we're able to help the people we work with grow their business so quickly. I'll tell you why. It's because we give them back tons of their time, their effort, their energy, and their focus, and we allow them to get to a point where over 50% of their time is in strategic thinking. It's in strategic activities, and that's what's gonna explode your business. If you want some help, head over to billionairecode.com forward slash apply dash now. That's billionairecode.com forward slash apply dash now.